We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Roto Grinders NBA Morning Grind. We're here to kick off another week. I'm your host, Justin Carlucci, joined by the Chief, Will Priester. How are you on this Monday? I'm good, man. Uh, definitely ready to turn the page. I've been on a pretty good run, uh, you know, in multi-entry. Got away from multi-entry because of some things I had going on. I was coaching a basketball tournament, things of that such. So couldn't really get my multi-entry game going and uh, kind of went with some single entry. And I, I could already tell my mind just wasn't – it's not as sharp as it needs to be for single entry because I've been on, on, on the multi-entry side. And I'm just – I'm not afraid to share that with you guys. I mean, on a four-gamer, you know, I used to kind of clean house with those as single entry, but I'm, I'm just a tad bit off. And it, it, I feel like it may take me – or, or it, it may – I may need to do it a couple more days to get in a good groove and kind of read it correctly. Um, you know, I know a lot of people kind of hit the optimal button, and uh, I do that just to – kind of get an idea what lineups look like, but I also side with my favorite guys and uh, try to build around them. And, you know, I've been getting a lot right, but what I've gotten wrong, some has been fluky, like a James Enos getting tossed out, you know, or, or Tobias Harris. Man, listen, I'm so glad he's okay. Cracking his head on the floor, you know, going up for a block, you know, little fluky things like that. You know, uh, TLC getting two fouls in the first quarter. It's just, it's just a lot of random things that have happened, but – uh, all in all, I, I've just got to get myself back in a good single entry space. But in terms of multi entry, I think I'm, I think I'm right there. I've been just so close. Well, I've been excited. I've been excited for the playoffs, but things have been pretty wacky too, man. In the playoffs, the end of the regular season was crazy. The playoffs have been a little nuts. I've been on a strange run of injuries for like the past ten days. Um, you know, I've I've been up and down. Um, I've had a lot of weird stuff in my lineups. I ended up uh, playing late slate on Thursday night when we recorded the last morning grind, and I actually chopped the late slate a couple ways. Yeah, um, and, that, and that's what I was going to say too. Uh, don't don't let right, Justin fool you, right. ladies and gentlemen. He he did he has had a nice payday. Well, you know, you know what, two or three. Weeks. I have, but you know what the thing is, well, like typically I'll have like one guy every three weeks I roster get hurt, and I know where there's less games today, but I'm just on a weird run. Like today, um, I multi-entered the late slate, but I made two optimal lines for Maine. Um, on one of my teams, I had Luca and I had a Baca. I played with leverage with Luca, but I also had Tobias 
and Kyle Lowry. So that thing, that thing is just surviving the cash. It's just one after another. So what did I do? I kind of hedged myself with my other, my other entry there. I had Porzingis on. I was like, all right, cool. We're rolling in. You know, here comes the starting lineups. You know, it's like 335 Eastern. Just kidding. Porzingis crashed at 30%. So I had, there's three injuries today so far, you know, we're recording late here and I've had them all across two lineups. So sometimes, you know, DFS, you got to shake it off. And sometimes you get punched in the gut and you got to just, you got to brush those shoulders off and, and keep going. Cause that, that's sport, man. That's, that's what it is. There's variance and you can't be perfect. We know that, but there was a lot of good and bad on Sunday and you know Luca's the one everyone worried about was he gonna play you know it was nothing but a decoy in the previous game when he came back in I thought he like tore up his Achilles or something when when he was hobbling up the ramp that game I can't even believe they put him back in well you gotta be kidding me here we go Sunday we're like okay well Porzingis gets scratched well here we go you know typically Luca gets the the usage bump here and not only does the guy play well he hits the biggest shot of his career and drops 84 fan duel points Will Priester can, what can you say about Luka Doncic? Well, I mean, I, I watched a, a great deal of that game, and what I can say is, uh, I mean, listen, man, this guy was almost unstoppable. If you watch all the sequences prior to that, and I'm talking about when maybe there were seven, eight minutes into the fourth, where finally he came back into the game, the bench had really carried them. They, so they took Luka out, and I think into the third, something like that. He really didn't play as much as I thought he would play in the fourth. I mean, Curry. Hardaway, Cleaver, those guys play really good basketball for them to not have to put Luca in, and they're showing shots of him getting massaged and, you know, got the vibrator on the bottom of his foot. Then you see him on the bike, and Seth Curry's hitting, you know, uh, uh, flip layups. Tim Hardaway's, you know, coming down, hitting spot-up mid-range jumpers. Well, they bring Luca back in, and obviously, you know, Kawhi tries his hardest to get this team going. Lou Williams has a game of his life. Uh, Paul George is still not shooting well. And the end of the game, Luka hits another step back winner. He's been shooting that shot all game in rhythm. Just a fantastic game. I mean, at one point when I was watching the game, I thought it was a three-point contest. If you watch, the, there's like a three-minute series where Lou hits a three, Hardaway hits a three, Reggie Jackson hits a three. I mean, it was ridiculous, man. Just really fun basketball to watch. Almost didn't even feel like they were in a bubble. I mean, just just exciting. Not only that, Dallas was down like 20 points at one point, and they oh, clawed yeah. all the way back. And uh, you know, Kawhi, safe floor, but kind of needed overtime to get there. And Paul George, man, got to get it together. What is going on? You know it's bad when Chuck's kind of jabbing you on TNT saying, can't call yourself playoff Paul. I was never championship Chuck. I, you know what? And the kind of the streak of poor Paul George play is kind of dated back to last calendar year. I saw a bunch of beat writers pointing out some numbers. Is Paul George just slumping? What's going on with our guy PG-13? Well, uh, in my opinion, I just I really think they've got to get more movement uh, in their offense in the fourth quarter. I mean, if you watch that fourth quarter in some stints, I mean, listen, Lou Williams bailed him out of that fourth quarter a couple of times. Kawhi bailed him out. It, this is just my opinion. It was too much isolation basketball. Let's get the ball moving. Let's get Paul George moving. Let's get Kawhi moving. Um, and look, it's the NBA. You want your best players to have the ball. But when they're in a slump like this, we've got to get them some easy baskets. Give them some back doors. Uh, you know, give them some, give them, a, give them some curls. Let them shoot a jumper in rhythm in the mid-range. 
Doc's got to do something. I, I respect Doc a whole lot as a coach, but it can't be just hand somebody the ball, run, fi- run, run a five-out spread, and let them play isolation. I mean, and listen, Dallas did some of the same things. They hit their shots. But all in all, when you're slumping like this, it just can't be handing the ball, put your head down and get there. we got to get some action to get them some easy shots around the basket. Well, I might piss some people off by saying this, but I don't care. If the Warriors were healthy, Toronto would not have won the NBA championship. And you know what? Kawhi did what he did. He played the ISO and pick and roll game and backpacked the Raptors against, against an injury-ridden Golden State Warriors team who lost – you couldn't even script the worst nightmare of a movie for a team to lose the superstars that they did in that series. And I don't know in 2020, if that's championship basketball, they have great talent and the Clippers are awesome. And yeah, they could win it. They could. What I'm saying is you got Kawhi, you know, they don't play the, the warriors or the Greg Popovich style of ball movement, you know, basketball, but they have great guys who can win in one-on-one Lou Williams, obviously Paul George, Kawhi, you know, your Marcus Morris, you know, but do they have, they don't have the the distributor. They don't have the passing, which is, is going to be interesting when it comes down to it, you know, because uh, quite honestly, right now the Lakers are built the same way with the two man game they have going on there. So exactly. it's going it's it's to exactly be exactly the same. And it's very interesting because, you know, I'll take that Popovich style of ball movement in. Yeah, I know it's 2020 and everything's ISO and they're taking step back fadeaways for the win and stuff, <laughs> low percentage shots like that. But um, yeah, that's definitely a good note. The the ball doesn't really doesn't move in general in LAC LAC the way you know some other teams do. And when you're built that way, it is what it is, right? It's kind of you know, I'm a Titans fan. I'm gonna say it's kind of like just Derrick Henry, you know, burying your burying your head down and running through people in the playoffs. Kind of like Kawhi just taking the ball and and going at it. it was we could spend a lot of time on that, but. That, that series is going to be fun to watch the end of it. And obviously the Clippers are a super dangerous team. I'm just saying there are other teams that move the ball better. Like Toronto, by the way. Toronto's cleaning up right now. For sure. I mean, you know, I, and this is why when we started this series, and we can go back to the first time when people were asking me about it, I, I stated I didn't want to play any Brooklyn players because – I just felt like for a Brooklyn player to beat me in this series, and I, I, I you know, and look at the, at the end of the series, I, I ended up feeling like I had to play some because TLC was just too cheap for the minutes he was going to get, but he was cheap enough for me to afford him. Levert started picking up some steam. Uh, Jared Allen is is dropping fifty point fantasy games, scoring one point. So you know, it was just it ended up being a tale of two evils because the prices weren't really increasing on those guys, so they kind of fit the bill. But all in all, this series went exactly how I thought it would go. Brooklyn didn't stand a chance from the beginning. Toronto, even though, and I'm going to agree with you, obviously, if Golden State was healthy, I mean completely healthy, KD, Curry, Draymond, Clay, no way they beat the Warriors in a series. Warriors in five, okay? Warriors in five, That that's my, my take on it. However, wasn't the case. The bottom line is Toronto is still a playoff pedigree team, even without Kawhi. So, I mean, they pretty much had probably one of the easiest matchups on the board. We revisit this Brooklyn team next year with Kyrie. Let's Mr. Kyrie, who we hope doesn't mess this up, and Kevin Durant thrown into the mix with Karis LeVert. Hopefully they don't stint his ascension into a a premier talent. We get uh, a little bit of uh, Dinwiddie off of the bench. This is a totally different team. Toronto will have serious trouble. Bring back Joe Harris, just another another quality name. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, and, uh, and Torian Prince. I mean, listen, they're going to have guys to play. If DeAndre Jordan's back there, he, they'll have him as backup center. This team will be deep, and they're going to be dangerous. So the Bucks better win this year because if they don't, if Kevin Durant and Kyrie and LaVert and all these guys are healthy, I don't see how Giannis gets out of the East. I don't see how Boston gets out of the East. I don't see how the Raptors get out. Like, I'm, I'm just saying, especially with Brooklyn fighting, look, they're losing, but they're not just laying down. They're trying to fight and win. They're not going to win because they're just not better right now. I got to talk to Dan and see if we could do a couple uh, NBA morning grind offseason podcasts, maybe like once a week or something, because there's just always so much to talk about in the association. And I know I, I do think another star player is going to make his way to Miami. I don't know who it's going to be, but Miami taking care of business this series too. And they're a gritty team. Jimmy Butler doing what he does. And you got guys like Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero evolving at, in front of our eyes. You know, paired with some vet, some really great role-playing veterans like Crowder, who they brought in, and Iguodala. So I think Miami's going to be uh, a tough test in the second round, and we'll get to that when we get there. But uh, some really interesting basketball. The Raptors cleaned up the nets. Uh, my Sixers got swept, and at this point just you know, stabbed me in the neck with a stake and, and my misery. And let's get Brett Brown and, and Elton Brand out of there. I don't know what we're going to do with Al Horford. Either way, they're going to be eating a ton of money, and Tobias Harris, I'm glad he's healthy, and I like Tobias. He's he's a, he's a competitor. He's a nice guy, but he's been pretty miserable in all of his postseason appearances, and definitely hasn't been playing like a max player. So I think changes are on the horizon in Philly. And honestly, I live here in PA, and this is probably the most deflated the fan base has been since uh, since before the process started. Bring back Sam Hankey, please. Let me get Hankey back in here. I, that guy, man, what a genius. He's probably sitting back with a, some scotch on the rocks, just seeing everything implode right now, and. And rightfully so, but we'll see. Celtics in four, they look good. Jason Tatum does his thing. You know, the Chiefs been calling it all series, man. You know, no Hayward. Kemba's had his games. He was too priced on DK. You've seen a lot of our analysts bring up Kemba, you know, coming on a little bit here. Um, and Jalen Brown had one ceiling game in the series against Philly. And honestly, if there wasn't so many other high usage guys, I, I think he'd have you know more frequent 45, 50 you know, fantasy point games. Boston's going to be moving on. The Sixers have a lot to think about over the next couple of months. And uh, I'm hoping we'll see some personnel changes there. But, yeah, just quickly on your guy Tatum over there, Well, this series. Yeah, Tatum has been, uh, like I've been saying, a man amongst boys in this series. And I want to stress that. I can't stress that enough. This series, things change as guys move on. I think there will be some adjustments made. Going to start facing a tougher test. We have to see, you know, what's, what it's going to look like. So, you know, we'll see what happens with that. I do want to go and revisit a game from Saturday. How about OKC digging themselves out of the dirt to come back and beat the Rockets? I, I thought the Rockets had them on the ropes. Chris Paul, I mean, and, and look, James Harden fouled out in overtime, so I definitely think it helped. How about my boy Dennis Schroeder coming through in the clutch, SGA, uh, Paul, uh, 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 Chris Paul, the, this trio of guards dug this team out of the ground and dragged them across the finish line, probably accounted for, I, I would say, over half of their points. If I'm not mistaken, I don't have the stats in front of me. I think uh, Schroeder had 29, SGA around 26, uh, 23, 24, 25, somewhere over there, and Chris Paul had 26. Trio of guards doing work. Uh, they ran that trio of guards most of the fourth quarter and the, and the uh, overtime. 
Uh, I, I thought that was really creative with the coach to just leave those guys in while they were hot and scoring. Lou Dort, ladies and gentlemen, one of the best defensive players I've seen on James Harden in a long time, not getting, you know, uh, sucked in with the step back, not getting sucked in with him going to the rim and going under the arms to get those fouls, uh, playing straight up nasty defense on James Harden. Check the stats out. I watched the game. I think James Harden shot three for 14 on, on Lou and shot, you know, exceptionally well. Now, look, James Harden still scored over 30, but Lou Dort caused major problems for James Harden in this series, folks. I'm telling you right now, the guy's going to be a stud defender if he keeps developing. We just got to get him to hit a few more shots. Yeah, and let's be real. You know, it'd be interesting to check out those individual stats. Harden can have his way with Dennis Schroeder whenever he wants. If someone else switched on him, Gallinard, whatever it is, you know, Harden will do his thing. And you look at Harden's stats overall, 12 of 27, you know, pretty pretty efficient, only 3 of 13 from 3. And like you said, Lou Dort's individual stats against Harden were very good. And it's just so funny, a testament to how good Harden really is. He drops 38, 7, and 8 in about like 42, 43, 44% from the floor. Can't do the math in my head, don't really care. And we're saying, wow, you know, didn't have that Harden game yet. But the guy just backpacks his team with a handful of spot-up shooters like we've been talking about. And that's just maddening from a GPP perspective. Because Jeff anyway, Green. Jeff Green. Jeff Green. Oh, is, my God. Turn back the clock on. I mean, I saw Jeff Green get into the rim dunking with, with – e, I mean, Georgetown. I, I watched most of that game. I mean, Jeff Green – and I, I'm sorry to cut you off, bro, but he had a fantastic game yep. on Saturday. Even Eric Gordon, and I know everybody's like, God, Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon starts out pretty slow. But listen, man, Eric Gordon can still cook these guys out there on the perimeter. Uh, they gave him space and let him work a little bit when Harden wasn't on the court. I mean, he got to the rim and yammed one. I mean, this team has got scores. You know, it's just OKC played better defense down the stretch in this game, which is why they won. They went in overtime, don't get me wrong, but played better defense. But that was an exciting game on Saturday. Sorry to cut you off, bro. No, I just, I no, had to get no. That Jeff You're Green. right. I was going to get to Jeff Green. And I think in an you know, overtime game, it's it's just you have to look at this game and each team ran an eight-man eight rotation. So the minute you know where the minutes are going, there's not going to be many surprises. We've seen kind of all the adjustments that they're going to make. But from a GPP perspective for Houston, who's catching and shooting and making the shots? You know, Daniel House has been much better. And typically, you know, a common theme is you know, a guy has one clunker in the recency bias. Everybody gets away from him. But, you know, in the span of a regular season, you know, it's not as bad because there's a million games. And if someone has one bad game over his last five, you kind of look at it different in the kind of the seven-game series. But yeah, Daniel House looking good. R- Rocco's minutes are going down. Jeff Green's taking a lot of minutes. And he's not shooting. He's not shooting. Yeah. Uh, last three games, uh, 31 minutes. Six field goal attempts, 27 minutes, seven field goal attempts, 19 minutes, two shots. Yeah, D- Jeff Green, I mean, he's – Jeff Green is rolling right now. And I mean, look, when you're playing basketball, sometimes you just have to say, hey, man, this is your series. Robert Covington will have to help this team. But in this particular series, man, and if – because if you watch it, they've got Steven Adams on him. There's no way Steven Adams is sticking with Jeff Green. And, I mean, it's just – it's been really advantageous for Jeff Green to be in there playing 35 minutes, 35, 37. That's why he's playing the minutes. I mean, and he's shooting perimeter shots. I mean, the, guy, the guy's been fantastic. Second best player on the Houston Rockets in this series has been Jeff Green by far. Couldn't agree more. Happy for the guy. Journeyman, still you know, relatively young, what, late 20s, and he's played for a handful of teams. And 
you know, the guy could play one through five, you know, switching defense. He can, you know, obviously PJ Tucker needs a break once in a while, going to battle with Steven Adams. So really what Jeff Green and PJ Tucker has done for this team is quite impressive. They got to be tired, but moving on, let's move on Monday bucks and the magic will 1:30 PM. Gotta love these one thirty games. And uh, we see the bucks right now, 13 and a half point favorites. They did come back and lay the hammer down. Um, two games in a row, but they really, I mean, Giannis, I wrote about Giannis over the weekend and I know it's like, oh, you're writing about Giannis. Captain obvious here is going to tell you to play Giannis, but we're at the point where he's almost blowout proof because if they're going to blow him out, Giannis is, is going to be the guy to do with it. He does so much damage in 30 minutes or less as it is. I can't remember exactly what I wrote, but I think he actually only played, man, it was between like eight and 12 games off the top of my head where he's played more than 35 minutes this year at all. And that's pretty crazy with the points per game that he drops. So if there is actually a close game coming up uh, somehow, some way, and you're going to see Giannis play like, dare I say, like 38 minutes, I- I'm scared. I'm scared, and I- I'm playing Giannis. And, uh, you know, he he's probably going to be my top overall play on Monday, uh, despite anything crazy. And And we'll get to the late night hammer then, too. And there's obviously some players that we have to discuss in that Lakers Trailblazers game. And we're going to have to look at some pricing on these sites. But I'm looking at Giannis, man, and the guy is a freak. He earned that nickname, Will. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I like I like Giannis. So, so here's what I will say. I think the pricing on the studs is starting to get a little bit more tight now. And so now you've got to make some decisions. Because when we started out this whole ordeal, you know, we had LeBron and AD more in the lower 10K range. And I'm talking FanDuel specific, guys. I'm trying to, you know, we're trying to split out, try to let Justin handle BK. But and so now Giannis is 11-5, LeBron's 10-5. We got about a $1,000 gap, um, you know. But Harden now has come down to 11-3. I know we're talking about Giannis, but I'm talking about salary distribution. And Giannis isn't my top play. I've really got to decide between him and LeBron on the slate because with LeBron playing, what, what LeBron doesn't do in the stat categories in 30 minutes, LeBron is playing 35 to 40 minutes. So those few extra minutes, he gets really, really bumps up the projections for me. I'm with you. I do think Giannis is blowout proof, but I also think we could see Giannis in the low 50 range in a closeout game if they really stick it to Orlando early. Kind of like how we see Chris Middleton playing 30 minutes a game right now. I do think that'll go up as they get in more competitive matchups. Um, But that's kind of what scares me. And when I say scared, I mean – makes me want to decide to play a LeBron or AD. I feel like they'll be in a slightly more competitive game, which may force them into that 36, 37, 38-minute threshold. Uh, but but I'm with you. Giannis, an exceptional play. I just think I'm going to side with, with LeBron or, or AD a little bit more. Right. On FanDuel, you got a $1,000 difference at the same position there. Um, so, I, I, you know, on, on DK – you only got $300 difference there. Giannis 11-1 and LeBron 10-8. So a little really, really tight there. Um, talk to me about the rest of this Bucks magic game. Uh, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, Middleton, what are we looking at with Chris Middleton? We talked about him a little bit last week. Yeah, I mean, look, Middleton obviously played a lot better in this last game uh, in, ter- in terms of the scoring overall. Uh, and, and I like the fact that he contributed in multiple categories. And he really has been contributing in multiple categories. But we've got to get this scoring up. I mean, when you're paying this guy, you know, when he's your second highest paid player, you're paying him millions of dollars. I feel like we've got to get, you know, at least 25 for Middleton 
uh, for it to pay off. And look, I mean, I think he's an exceptional player. When you're winning games, nobody cares. But I think when he gets in a series, this next series where, where they may actually need the scoring, I feel like he needs to get there. And so I think the price is fair on Middleton at 6,600 on FanDuel. Um, and, and, but that's just kind of what I think you're playing him hoping that he gets the 40 points because of the price uh, and hoping he doesn't burn you. Uh, but that's where I'm at with Middleton. I know we've got uh, Eric Bledsoe. He's priced up a little bit more now on FanDuel. He's still only playing 25 minutes, folks. If I've got to decide between Bledsoe and Drogic at pretty much the same price, I'm going Drogic because of the minutes floor. I'm not paying $6,400 for Eric Bledsoe to play 25 minutes. Uh, he will be getting the immediate X button uh, for me on this slate. No way I can play him there. Uh, and then Brooke Lopez is still pretty cheap. I mean, he's 5,600 on FanDuel, especially with the center spot. Um, you got Jokic at 8,200, who's been fantastic in, in most of this series. Nurkic at 7K. Got, and I'm sorry, I'm not trying to skip over, but I'm just trying to look at the salaries here. It feels like Brooke Lopez may be the de facto cheap center that, that everyone gravitates towards uh, because Nurkic is starting to get scary with the lack of production. And Vooch is in a closeout game at 8,200. I still think Vooch is great. I'm probably going to be loading up on Vooch, but I, I still like Brook Lopez at 56. Good points, good points. Uh, Vooch, before last game, I didn't really look up the numbers, but he had like a 10% usage bump, and he was taking about seven and a half more shots a game uh, before the previous game they played over the weekend. So I still like Vooch, 9,100 on DK. Uh, Giannis, you know, we got to talk about that Lakers game when we get there, but I think – with the, with the close pricing, I think Giannis might be my cash player. I know sometimes it's probably hard to decide, you know, uh, between AD and LeBron. They both went off last game. But if you want to ease your mind a little bit, just go Giannis, and I think you have a super high floor. Um, but we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, but, yeah, he made a lot of good points about a lot of those pieces. Aaron Gordon, you know, we still don't know. Even if he plays, he'll be super limited. Uh, James Ennis hurt a lot of feelings over the weekend, including including ours when he got tossed. You know, on a four-game slate, you don't really have a choice of of a ton of value. And Ennis is still uh, chilling at 4,400 on DK. Listen, not a ton of upside with Ennis. I mean, he'd go for 30 DKP. We know that. But, um, you know, he's in play, too, with some value unless some some crazy stuff opens up. I'll tell you what. I'm just looking at value here, too. Um, Talk about a nice value piece in the late game who's turned his – turn his game around a little bit but I do like the Brooke Lopez call he was one of those guys that kind of had a clunker here or there in the series but at his price point has been pretty consistent over the course of the season uh 5200 on DK I mean we're, we're talking we're almost dipping below 5k for Brooke Lopez uh I know earlier in the week he was like 4700 which I thought was crazy so and I played him but the guy's playing 30 plus minutes another guy who they had some serious load management on throughout the season he's finally getting some run so I think Lopez does have a pretty high floor, but, you know, I'm just worried about this thing being hammer time again for Milwaukee, and I'm not afraid to play Giannis in it at the blowout, but I do get a little worried about some of these other uh, guys in this game. You know, DK Price, Augustine, and Fultz pretty close together. Augustine had a brilliant game over the weekend. Uh, saw 27 minutes, 8 of 12 shots, okay? Um you know, pretty high percentage there, but he's another guy who's super volatile, you know, previous game, he was over five from the floor, went for 19. So, you know, you can fit these, you know, Markel Fultz and these Augustines in just 
just kind of know what you're signing up there, right? There's uh, some scary floors with those guys. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more, my brother. All right, cool. Let's get on to Houston OKC. I know we want to revisit this one. And these are seven-game series, and we do a lot of repeating ourselves and things like that. The prices change accordingly. And sometimes, you know, you just go back to the well with some of these guys. So is there an update on Russell Westbrook, Chief? Are we still planning on going without him? Yeah, I, I don't have anything that, that said he was going to be in. I mean, I, I've been following this pretty close, um, but I don't I, I don't see anything where Russell Westbrook is going to be playing tomorrow unless I've really missed it. Uh, but I've, I've got all my news sources up. I, I don't see anything that says Westbrook is playing fat. Matter of fact, he's out. I've got it right here. He's out Monday. Uh, so he, he won't be in. So it's still the Harden show. Here's what I will say about this game, Justin. And, and, I, and I really want to get your thoughts on this because I've been slowly but surely seeing Harden's ownership go further and further down each slate. And listen, I've been, I've been fading Harden, okay? I had no secret about it. But as I, I see this ownership crept down, Harden's ownership was around 24% on Saturday. Now, I'm, I'm about to the point now where I want to start loading up on Harden. He's, been, he's actually been playing fairly well. I know Lou Dort. Look, he's going to play good defense. I like Lou Dort. But I feel like for, it, it's really an ownership play. If James Harden is going to be 20 to 24%, I, I think it's about time to start loading up. Because now we're going to be really hammering the field if we go 50% on Harden, 100% on Harden. The guy's probably going to get 50. The question is, is he going to get 65? I think that's kind of where we're at. Even if you look at the game, like he got 60 on Saturday, 52-51. That's what he's had in this series. So even at those scores, he's not going to burn you. The question is, is the high upside game coming where he just goes nuclear I, I really want to get your thoughts on this because I, I'm t- the ownership has really been plunging for him to not have Russell Westbrook playing with him. Yeah, and from a GPP perspective, I, I like it. DK is interesting because the pricing is getting more aggressive and some of these guys that are finally starting to play well. I'm looking at point guard. Brogdon is up to 75. SGA is up to 74. The Dragon, our guy, Goran Dragic's up to 65. And I do think there's six-time upside there. It's just getting harder and harder. It's a, it's a tough matchup. He's been playing lights-out basketball, though. You know, McCollum's 77. Chris Paul's 8K, kind of chilling where he's been the last couple of slates. You know, but the thing is, I can get LeBron at point guard because he's multi-eligible if I wanted to at a 900 discount. So I think it depends what you're, what you're playing, really. If you're playing, you know, uh, the $4, uh, whatever it is, Minimax with 100,000 entries or whatever, and you're telling me you can get James Harden at like 22% and LeBron will be like 45, I'm probably going to play um, Harden in that one for sure. You want the more, you know, more leverage and more entries, you know, if you're playing in big fields. So it's kind of a price thing for me. But uh, FanDuel, and I didn't, let me bring up the position here. FanDuel, okay, we got Harden at 11-3. Then you have Butler. Man, I mean, you just still have some really nice prices on some of these guys on FanDuel at shooting guard. Tyler Hero's price hasn't changed. Schroeder's below 6K. Um, you know, Oladipo's under 6. Middleton's still 66. If you're a believer that that, that, that um, you know, that real game is, is coming soon. I mean, he had 35 FanDuel points last game, kind of more of himself. So, uh, Jimmy Butler, 85. Okay, getting up there for Butler for sure. 
So and, and, um, and that that's the point I'm trying to make. Like yeah. if you're looking at FanDuel, right? Look, I love Jimmy Butler, but Jimmy Butler's not a 50 fantasy point per game score on average. He's a 41.28 fantasy point per game on average. Now look, it's the playoffs. He has been playing really extensive minutes, has been over 35 minutes in every game. I'm not saying Jimmy can't get to 50. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is Jimmy Butler is going to come in at 40% tomorrow. I'm telling you right now. Like, I've been kind of tracking it. He's been upper 30s, upper th- – I can see 40% on Jimmy Butler. And Harden's probably going to come in around 20 to 25. I'm, 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 I'm about ready to hit the lock button on Harden on this slate and just let it ride. And if I hit the lock button, I'm going to get rid of Butler. I'm going to get rid of McCullum. I'm going to get rid of SGA. I'm going to get rid of Middleton. All those guys are gone. I'm going to side with Harden and then just rotate the value around Harden and see what happens. At that ownership, I think Harden is one of the best FanDuel GPP plays out there. I think he's a great GPP play across the board. People are going to see the, the 68 DKP or whatever that uh, LeBron just dropped and AD, you know, get in, and, right, and they might do it again for sure. But we know Harden's upside is there too. So dare, dare we say on a four-game slate, Harden is a way to differentiate your lineup. You'll never, you'll never get this opportunity again probably, right? <laughs> Crazy. With no Russell Westbrook. With no Russell Westbrook. It's still there. And the guy is still playing well. We just haven't yeah. had that nuclear 75 bomb, you know, that 85. We've seen him hit 100 before. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, and if he needs more motivation, he fouled out the last game, couldn't really play in overtime. I, I like Lou Dort, but they're going to run some switches. He's still going to get his points. Man, listen, I, I did not think I was going to be this high on Harden on this slate. Harden is now my new lock button on FanDuel, ladies and gentlemen. Woo, heard it Automatic first. lock button. You better go get another cup of coffee, whoever's listening, because we're, we're coming with some heat this morning. But that, that's going to be a fun game because we had a lot of bounce-back guys. We had SGA string two games in a row finally together. Schroeder had, was not good in the bubble. He finally played well. Chris Paul, I think, had two out of three good games, too. Like you said, that trio of guards. And, and I'm, I'm surprised. And Billy Donovan's smart, so I think he'll stick with that approach. You know, Houston runs small, too. A lot of teams try to, you know, go more physical against them, but – that that was impressive what they did, you know, trailing for some of that game, coming back, and you know we could see you know, Harden might be super pissed off right now. You might, yeah, like some of that comes into play, right? So you might see Harden kind of be a little more aggressive. You know, he had what twenty? How many shots? Twenty-seven shots? No, yeah, shot the ball twenty-seven times last game. Is that right, Will? So, um, listen, the guy scored thirty-seven real points in two of his last three, and we're all like, well, I don't know. You know? <laughs> so I, I'm with you, man, because it's, it's tough to pay 85 for Jimmy Butler on FanDuel. We know the guy has serious steal and block upside. If he had three steals and two blocks, I wouldn't be shocked, and there's 15 points. But I think he's going to need some of that because I tell you what, I love Bam's matchup again tomorrow, and uh, I think I wrote about him over the weekend too, saying how consistent he's been when he sees 35 minutes. He's a double-double machine. He Now dating back through the regular season, 22 of his 33 games, when he's played at least 35 minutes, he has double doubled in. So we'll, we'll, you know, we'll get to that Miami Indy game right now. How about that for a transition? Pacers, Miami, a gritty series, but Miami keeps kind of taking care of business. Yeah, man. And look, let me, I'm going to go ahead and start pointing out something about Miami right now. Uh, another lock button, ladies and gentlemen, I will, I am going to be playing Goran Dragic until he hits about 7,200. Let me tell you why. When I pulled up Dragic's numbers, for this series, uh, and, and we'll see where he goes the next series. 
the first thing you're going to notice is the minutes, right? So if you go back to the regular season, Drogic didn't play 30 minutes a lot. 24 minutes, they kind of let none run uh, the program here. But then I go and I look at the shot attempts. He's taking 19 shots in game one, 18 shots in game two, 17 shots in game three. So the shot attempts are there now. Shows me he's a major part of the offense, right? Then on the back side of that, I go and I look at this usage. Okay, he's got a 27% usage rate in game three, 30% usage rate in game two in a bad game, 26.5% usage rate in game one. So his usage right now is on average about 27%. So we're getting 27% usage on Dragic, a guy that's taking close to 20 shots a game, and he's still 6,500, and Malcolm Brogdon is in the upper 7K range now. This doesn't make any sense for, for Drogic to be $1,000 cheaper pretty much across both sites. I'm going to lock button Drogic again. I've locked him three times in a row. Nothing's changing. The guy has been a stud for this team in the playoffs the first three games. Yeah, to get to the point where on, a, on these four gamers where these guys are playing well and they're going to get price hiked. So maybe under normal circumstances on a six-game slate, on an eight-game slate, uh, maybe on a five-game slate, maybe you're like, man, I'm not paying 65 for Goran Dragic. But you get to the point where he offers you a pretty high floor at this point. And if he gets super hot, he has a seven times a ceiling at 6,500, I would say. You can get six times out of Goran at 65. It's probably just under you know 40 DKP or whatever it is. So and He's had 40 in two of the three games. Yeah. And, none of the, and none of the Heat played well in game two. No one got there, but the two where, the, where everyone has played well, he's at 40 and 41 points. I mean, I just – I don't know what else we can get out of Dragic at this price point. If I would accept 40 points from him in every game at 6,500. Duncan Robinson up to 5,100, and I never get the guy right. He is way too rich for my blood. A guy that averages three rebounds and an assist, so he's very scoring dependent. And he can light it up. We saw it in game – was it three? No, game two. Um, you know, 24 real points, seven of eight from the floor. But if you want serious upside, he's going to have to shoot six of eight, seven of nine, you know, eight of ten from the floor because he just doesn't do anything else. So I, I, know, I know I was going to get some Duncan Robinson questions. I won't be playing him at 5,100. My favorite heat play um, – let me see here. What do we got here? Bam 76, he's not even 8K. So I much prefer to pay 76 for Bam, in my opinion, than go 81 for Butler if I'm looking for exposure in that game. And, um, you know, I think Bam could get there without having a crazy block steal game. You know, he can go for, you know, 20 and 12 and have a couple assists, maybe a block or a steal. Nothing insane. So Bam and Dragic are, are probably my two favorites. The Tyler Hero's up to 5,500 on DK. Um, and he's been hitting kind of right there. DK points the last three, 26, 28, 26. So he, he's priced pretty fairly. He's taking a decent amount of shots. So I don't mind Tyler Hero if he's kind of the last guy in. Just not, you know, kind of temper your expectations in, in terms of ceiling with him. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, and I mean, I'm just going to go ahead and hop over to Indiana if, if you don't have anything. I'm pretty good on, on the Miami side. But, you know, with, with Indiana, I mean, this team, I, I played a little bit of TJ Warren on Saturday and I got rewarded. With, with another almost 50 fantasy point performance, if you looked at the expert survey on Saturday, you saw that was my hot take, that he puts up another 50 fantasy point performance. Incoming T.J. Warren, I mean, and he got pretty close. So I I, I like what I'm seeing from Warren. Uh, I, 
I don't know how much I'll be able to get of him on FanDuel, uh, but the price is still under 8K, and, and that's what I'm looking at. I mean, he's 76, getting close. I don't think he's completely necessary, but he's still a guy that I like. For some reason, Miles Turner has decided to play basketball again, uh, but, you know, and, and his blocks have picked up, so he's kind of been the highest scoring center or close to the highest scoring center in this set of games because the other guys have just kind of been wetting the bed. I still don't think Miles Turner is a better center than uh, uh, Nurkic. I'm still going to continue to write Nurkic out. I don't care. I've been watching the games. He doesn't look bad. He's still shooting the three. I mean, I, I don't think Miles Turner is better than, than Yusuf Nurkic. And there's now a $300 price difference. I, I'm not saying don't play Turner, but I'm saying be very careful. The guy could easily put, put up 25 fantasy points, which may be enough on this slate with the way the centers have been playing. Uh, but just wanted to kind of highlight TJ Warren. He's a guy I really like. They've got all these fringe pieces that I don't want any part of. Holiday, Sampson, uh, the other holidays, Sumner. I just, I, I'm not playing any fringe pieces. I feel like maybe you, and, uh, maybe you play Oladipo. You play Brogdon, uh, you play Warren. And that, that's kind of where I'm at with this team. Yeah, and DK, they're kind of at prices where I would typically pass under similar circumstances. Monster game from Brogdon over the weekend, 34-14-7. Jeez, good Lord. But uh, he's probably the only honestly indie guy I'm going to consider on DK. Miles Turner, almost 7K. Been playing pretty well the last two. A guy I don't typically play. But he's hit seven of eight shots, and then he hit five of nine shots the following game. So he's kind of, you know, he's kind of uh, shooting the ball well, which is something I typically look to regress. I mean, look at the last two games he played, four of 11, five of 14. Um, you know, always a lot of risk with Miles Turner when you play him, but we know his upside because he could get those blocks. You know, he had five blocks in game two and three blocks in game three. So especially on FanDuelers upside there, just personally, I don't typically go out of my way to play him. I like Bam a lot, so I'll probably stick with him. Uh, but, yeah, Old Depot, 6,300. You know, I don't see a ton of upside there, um, especially I don't think he's 100% in there. There's a ton of fringe pieces, you know. Maybe in the optimizer world, if you're maxing out something tiny, you end up with a small percentage of some of them. Sure, you know, have a couple of shares. But for me, you know, I- I'm passing on most of it as well, too. So most most of my interest in this contest is on the Miami side of things. Let me, let me tell you something, Well, The season's winding down, but there's NFL football con- coming up. There's still a lot of NBA a lot of loaded prize pools over at Kings. Go over there. Use promo code GRIND, G-R-I-N-D, to claim your share of $100 million in instant giveaways and put yourself in the running for the $1 million cash top prize. Get over there to the App Store. Download DraftKings, promo code GRIND, G-R-I-N-D, for a chance at a lot of prizes. G-R-I-N-D is your promo code over at DraftKings. Going to move on. Game number four, the late night hammer of this Monday night fiasco. Lakers and Portland will. Where do you want to begin here? Man, I'm just going to start on the side with the Lakers, and I think it's really simple. You X out every Laker except LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and then you decide how much exposure do you want. I thought Kyle Kuzma was possibly going to kind of be a difference maker in this. Uh, and he's just not stepping up to the plate. Uh, it's, scoring has been down. And, and, look, I think I'm still going to get some exposure to Kuzma because I feel like a big game will come. But, listen, that's what you have to do with this team. I'm not interested in any other pieces. I don't care what KCP does game to game. I don't care what Danny Green does game to game. 
Uh, I don't care when Rajon Rondo comes back, although I may be a little bit more interested in him. I really wish they would play Deion Waiters a little bit more. But, hey, I'm not the coach. I don't play for the Lakers. I just utilize their guys uh, for DFS benefits. And the bottom line is LeBron James and Anthony Davis are doing everything for the team. They're both under 11,000. I think they both have 60-point upside both on each game they play in this series with Matador defense. Uh, They're just two excellent plays, and I think you have to load up on them. Yeah, I mean, they have 70-point upside in this series for sure, as long as the game's fairly close. And there's not enough talent around them that Portland's able to keep it close. You know, I will point out, you know, Dame a week ago was on a serious run, and he is still tearing it up and doing everything he can for the Blazers. But at 10-9, it's hard for me to get that 60-65 point upside frequently. I mean, he scored 30-plus real points in three of the last four, but he also hasn't more, had more than 54 DraftKings points, you know? Yeah, I haven't played Dame not one time in this series. And, and, and he's down to 9,500 on FanDuel, and I still haven't played him. Now he's, get, uh, yeah. now, now he's getting close. Like, this this is the price where he's close enough for me to play him. If he gets 50, it's a blessing. But I I haven't played Dame at all in this series just because I felt like it was going to be a little bit different. They were going to have to spread it out. Carmelo's been Carmelo had a fantastic game the last game. Uh, he's 5,400. His price isn't going above 6K at all. I really, I really like Melo in this spot again for the price. But all in all, it's LeBron James and AD a bust for me in this in this game. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm with you because uh, on DK, you know, Dame is 10-9. And when, you, when you're priced higher than both LeBron and AD, who can fill it up, rebounds, assists, points, blocks, and steals, Dame's not a big block steal guy. I know some of that's by chance, but historically, you know, AD and LeBron are much more, you know, defensively involved, whether it's getting deflections and hus- the hustle points. And, you know, Dame is doing his thing. But is he a 10-9 player? No. Can he have his 65 upside game? Yeah, maybe like once every two weeks. And and that's what you're seeing. I mean, he was on a a really, really big run to close out the end of the regular season. Um, And he's still hot right now. You know, he's having really good real-life basketball games with these 30 burgers he's dropping. But you need those peripherals. He's going to have to have monster perifs to pay off. You want to go super contrarian tomorrow, go Lillard. Because on DK – with Giannis right there and Harden, you know, with, with people considering him for GBPs, and you got LeBron and AD price under Lillard, you will get whatever ownership you want at Lillard on DK. But it's not the route I'm I'm going, and I'm not endorsing it either. On Fanduel, you know, he's nine five. Okay, maybe if there's a, if I if I fit my lineup and there's decent value, but ten nine on DK is is a tough pill to swallow. And you know, LeBron and AD personally, and I don't do this a ton, but. You can play them together. If you find the right value somehow on this four-gamer tomorrow, you know, and you're like, can I, I – if you're just looking at the puzzle piece and you're like, I can't play LeBron and AD together, can I? Yeah, if one goes for 55 and one goes for 62 or, you know, whatever. If you, Even if one goes for 50, you're not dead, right? But the game has to be competitive. And in my opinion, you're going to have to run it back with somebody from the other side. And you made a good point on Melo, who's still under 6K on DK. We talked about Gary Trent over the weekend, Chief, and he was getting a lot of run. But I just, you know, I think he is just having his hands full with LeBron quite a bit on the defensive side of the ball. It might be a little bit difficult to get super involved. And he got a lot of people chasing Hassan Whiteside, who who apparently is starting again on Monday, by the way. Are they going just super big in the front court? What's up with the starting uh, front court for Portland? Well, I, I suppose that's what they're going to do. But I still don't see Whiteside playing, you know, crazy minutes. Like he hasn't passed 25 minutes. 
and I think that's about where his cap is. I don't I don't think he's ever going to get back to 30 unless Nurkic is in serious foul trouble. And I mean like three in the first quarter series. So I I, I can't play Hassan Whiteside right now. Yeah, uh, I'm struggling to do that too. And he'll carry some ownership for sure, four-game slate, especially in those the larger field GPPs. But just an interesting move, you know, Terry Stotts kind of – pulling out all the stops here trying to figure out how to slow down either ad or lebron i'm not quite sure that's the answer but i don't know if there is an answer right now with with what portland portland's really missing i think we talked about it briefly over last week on one of the pods but they're really missing that trevor ariza or even more so that alpha rukamino type you know six eight six nine wingspan type guy that listen you can't stop lebron or ad but every now and then you can slow him down like how okay he's thrown thrown a dort at Harden you could say so I really do think that team lacks those kind of bodies and it's showing it's showing you can make a case for AD and LeBron in any format on both sites tomorrow they're both under 11k and it's tough for me to tell you which one's going to score more I I really can't I'm not sure and it might come down to something like steals and blocks it really might um you know, gun to head, Will, are, are you, can you pick one guy here or is it just on FanDuel? Is it position, position based as one, you know, you, you don't have a utility or anything like that? Yeah. I mean, look, as, as the prices are increasing on all players, to me, it's almost, and I'm trying to build this out as we're going to really give the guys great analysis here. In my opinion, the build is almost lending itself to one stud player on, on, on FanDuel. Uh, if you get two you're going to have to spin down at center, which is probably viable. But at point guard, I don't feel like you can cheat point guard. I feel like it's Brogdon and Drogic, Brogdon and, and CP3, Drogic and CP3. I feel like that's kind of more so the build, which is why I don't feel like a lot of people will be on Lillard. Um, and then you kind of get the shooting guard, you get small forward. Like if you take LeBron, then you know you're not playing Giannis. You know you're not playing TJ Warren. So you'll probably have a LeBron and a house or a LeBron and a Fournier or a LeBron and an Eric Gordon or a LeBron and Carmelo. I don't think you'll have a LeBron and Gallinari. You know, if you get the power forward, if you got in LeBron with those upper guards, then I feel like it's really tough because everybody's probably going to be on Jeff Green, rightfully so, and you can't get up to AD comfortably. Now everybody's going to be on BAM. And so you're just kind of looking at the build. I'm looking at it right now, and I'm telling you, folks, I feel like what I'm giving you here is pretty accurate. If you want to switch that build up, you're probably going to have to fade one of AD or LeBron, which is why I'm so high on James Harden right now at a loaded shooting guard position. And I I may have to just get away from one of them, even though I really like them in this series. I could see a James Harden, Eric Gordon, Carmelo combination working to where I can get a slightly different construction and see if we can take down some GPP. Yeah, and, and a couple days ago, maybe up to a week ago, there were a couple days where you could build with two studs on these four gamers. But just even if you just type in, you know, punch in AD and Giannis, you have 4,700 and change left per position player. And I'm just you know, eyeballing it pretty much for the first time looking at these salaries. You're looking at your Markels and your Augustines, you know, Cramming, a Gary Trent, and maybe one of those other guys. And those guys are all in the 4Ks. And you know, even Lou Dort is 4K on DK now, kind of wish he was a little cheaper. I played 36 minutes on Harden, you know, 25 points, nine points, eight boards, three blocks, a little nice game from Lou Dort. But 
I mean, if you're looking under four 4K, you're really, really scraping the barrel and hoping to get lucky here. Because you got George Hill and his minutes have been lower than anyone expected. You know, Danny Green, good luck waiting for his game. You know, Austin River is hot and cold. People love chasing the big game there and things like that, but you just don't know what he's going to give you, especially with all the wing rotation players in Houston right now and kind of the emergence of Jeff Green. And you got guys like Caldwell Pope, you know. Are you going to be okay with that? You know, sure, maybe he'll go for 25, but I, you're going to have to get lucky. You're going to have to get lucky to play anybody under 4K confidently on DraftKings tomorrow. And, if, you know, if you're multi-entering, sure, like you should have pieces of these guys not a lot, but you should have sprinkles, as Will Priester says, of your Danny Greens and your Lou Dortz and your, your Austin Rivers. So I think a one-stud build on both sites, you know, stud meaning like, you know, these 10, who are they? Like your uh, LeBron's 10-8, AD's 10-5. So anybody like 10K and over, you're, you're probably looking at one of them if you want to play, you know, if you're playing something optimally because if you start punching two or, two or three of these guys, you know, 4,500 and less, they might combine for 30, 35 points on a bad day, right? So uh, I think a one-stud build could be the best way to go and uh, on DraftKings as well, and then that's just my opinion. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I read something just now. I think the only way, in my opinion, you can get away with two studs on, on this slate on FanDuel, this is FanDuel specific, because I feel like Jeff Green is going to be your optimal power forward play, and then, you know, people are going to take shots on Gordon – uh, Carmelo, they're probably going to go back to Enos, especially if Gordon's out. Like, people are going to kind of take those shots. House, Crowder, like, there's going to be th- that group where people are going to take shots. Here's what I think. I think the only way to do it, you got to play Lou Dort at shooting guard at 3,500. And that doesn't feel good at all. But, <laughs> nope. if, if, but if you're going to get two studs in, I feel like that's the way you're going to get it in, playing Lou Dort at 3,500 and maybe you take a shot and it works out. Or if you're multi-entering like me, get you a sprinkle of Lou Dort, just bump his projection to 20. That might get him in a little bit more of your lineups than you want, but you can adjust it a little bit more to kind of make it work. But that, that seems to be the only way. Danny Green played 32 minutes over the weekend on Saturday and only mustered 19 and a half DK points. It's just, uh, it's just rougher to play anybody confidently in the Lakers that aren't named Davis or James. And that's kind of what it is. You know, Kuzma might have another one of his games here or there. And then we're waiting for it. You know, he's 5,600. But it's just the formula. Is, right now the recipe is two-man game. We talked about at the beginning of the show how it's kind of how Kawhi operates. And rightfully so. Nobody on Portland is going to really stop LeBron and AD. You could contain him. You could get a bad shooting game or foul trouble you know, God forbid an injury, whatever, but there's no formula on Portland to, to really stopping either one of these two guys. Well, anything else on the Portland LA late night hammer on Monday night? Nah, man, I, I'm, I'm good. I, I think we covered enough of it. I know we didn't talk as much about Portland, but I think we're good. I, I think we all know what to do. Yeah. Portland's tough. And I will say McCollum, you know, battling that back. I mean, I think McCollum's actually a nice little GPP option, but probably really carry minimal ownership on this slate with everybody going all the way up top. Um, and it's not the best of matchups, but quietly McCollum, you know, tw- took 25 shots last game. You know, uh, he's had, let's see, 28 real points. He had uh, two kind of stinkers in the middle. Um, and towards the end of the regular season, though, I mean, he was playing pretty well. You know, the Memphis playing game, he had 29. 
So if he's going to take 20-plus shots, if he's going to start you know, taking over with Dame here, taking the reins, you got to consider him. I know it's not a sexy name. He's 7700 at that price. You're like, eh, I don't know. Um, but if you're looking for large field GPPs, I don't mind taking a, a few shares of McCollum. But that's pretty much all I got on, on the Portland-LA game. Got a GPP food of the day? What are you thinking here? Yeah, man, let, let's talk fair food. Uh, I think this is something because the fair is coming up and I know it's, well, the fair here comes in like October, November uh, where I live. And I think that's probably kind of how it is. Most places get it's a little cooler, football season, so forth and so on. And I, I think every fair, you know, has some things that it's, you can seemingly only get at the fair. Um, one of those things that I want to talk about today, this is more of a, more of a dessert feature. Uh, but how about some fried Oreos? I know this is a common thing at most oh. fairs. How about some fried Oreos, ladies and gentlemen? Justin, what you got? Fried Oreos, man. I I could dig some fried Oreos. Yeah, you went for the dessert, and I'm thinking about all the other hot food I like stuffing my face with. There's so many options at these fairs. Um, Anybody in Pennsylvania, and I'm sad as can, the Bloomsburg Fair is one of my favorites to go to every year in September. There's nothing like going to that, you know, fall. I know it's a little warmer down there in the Carolinas, but up here you throw on a hoodie. It's like 60 degrees. You go out, you know, you just hang out. Um, You can get Bloomin' Onion up here at the fair. Oh, we get Uh, it down here as well. Bloomin' Onion, you know. Um, Some real Dutch Dutch favorites up here, like pierogies and some of that stuff, you know. But how about how about a good old fashioned corn dog once in a while? You get like the big corn dogs, man. Like, let's go. Oh yeah, yeah. Listen, I- I'm gonna let you handle that. I- I'm sticking with the desserts. This is my last one. Listen, man, I love a good elephant ear. Let's get us some apple topping on top of that thing. A <laughs> little bit of caramel, a little bit of powdered sugar. Man, I-, I love me a good elephant ear. And the ones down here, they probably do them with yours too. They'll put a little butter on it before, then put the cinnamon and sugar, then put the apple, the, the apple topping. Then, the, oh man, uh, food for my soul from the fair. And I only, I usually only eat that once a year. So when I go, I get a large or, or the largest one they have. I put it in a plate and I take it home and enjoy it by my lonesome. A good old fashioned <laughs> elephant ear covered in apple topping, ladies and gentlemen. So good, you have to close the door. Love it, Will. <laughs> Love it, man. That's good stuff. I have a feeling whenever we have a, a Roto Grinders like party or get together, I, they might just by default be like, "All right, Will, you and Justin are in charge of the food, and it better be good." So I feel like we're like building this pre- <laughs> this pressure we're bringing upon us here. Listen, but. we're just gonna go restaurant hopping, uh, yeah. all through Nashville, and we'll do a podcast every day that we're there and just talk about the food. You know what I had? I had I was actually somewhere kind of like a fair out here in PA over the weekend. I, I had bacon on a stick, like this big piece of oh, bacon. Oh man! Oh, I was bacon. ready. I was ready for a nap though, man. After that one. <laughs> All right, Will. Anything else about Monday set of games before we head out? No, sir, man. Listen, guys. Thanks for hanging with us as usual, man. Having a ton of fun with my boy Justin, and uh, that's all I got, brother. Where can the people find you on Twitter, Will? At Chief Justice O Six. Feel free to hit me up too at the J Carlucci. That's it for Monday's show. I hope everybody enjoyed listening. Feel free to you know get at us with your comments. Give us a like. Give us a, a, a subscription. Give us some feedback. Hit us up with your GPP food of the day. What are you eating there in the games? Let's hear about the food wherever you live. You got some hometown specials. We want to hear about it. We want to hear all about it. So for Will Priester, the Chief, I'm Justin Carlucci. Have a good day and good luck.